Speak seductively. Hi, everyone. I'm Kyle Cannon, erotic fiction author, naturist, and swinger. And I'm Lily Cannon, book cover model, audiobook narrator, naturist, and swinger. And you're listening to the Speak Seductively podcast. I have an erotic fiction series called The Photographer's Story and over 15 erotic novellas on Amazon. Two themes in my work are the promotion of a sex-positive lifestyle and the development of strong, sexually confident female characters. My writing has been described as slow foreplay, building until the reader is breathless with need. You can find my novels and short stories on Amazon. They're all free with Kindle Unlimited. We want to welcome you to another exciting and informative edition of Speak Seductively. We use this platform to promote other authors, talk about sex and relationships. Please be aware, we will be discussing adult topics from sex to the swinging lifestyle and more. Our approach is always classy, but be ready for frank conversations. Our guests are frequently erotic authors or those in the lifestyle. Thank you for joining us for our 23rd episode of Speak Seductively. A few weeks ago, we began a correspondence with a couple, let's call them K and J, who had started a sex-positive, woman-oriented audio porn site. Kyle and I felt a close connection to their mission. In their words, we believe the world is a better place when women are sexually empowered. Kyle and I have listened to several of their erotic stories and find them arousing. Listen to one with that special someone. We are sure you will agree. Now, join us for our interview with Kay and Jay. Hi, everyone. This is Kyle. And Lily Cannon. And we are welcoming our guests this week, Kay and Jay. And they are here to talk with us about their website, about ethical pornography, um, about all things that we enjoy talking about on our podcast. So um, I'm going to turn it over to them, uh, Kay and Jay, if whoever wants to go first, if you guys want to just tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, um, where can we find you and all of that, and we'll just get the conversation rolling. Wonderful. Thanks so much, guys. So basically, uh, we created Come With Us. It's an ethical uh, audio porn for women. Um, and basically, we want to connect women with empowering erotic stories um, that are arousing as well as being um, ethical. Um, I am originally from Canada, but I live in London, England most, most of the time. Um, and I am partnered with Jay. Uh, yeah, and I'm the other the other half of, of Come With Us, um, based here in London, and um, we we basically just try and find some sort of stories that we believe are going to make people slightly aroused and, and want a little bit more, but also um, hopefully educate people to a world of sexual liberation as well. So um, hopefully our stories are as much as empowering as they are arousing. And where do you guys find your stories? So are you writing some things or do you guys find stories from outside sources? That's a great question. Um, a lot of our stories either come from personal experience, stories from mm -hmm. friends or are inspired by our own fantasies. One of our like main uh, kind of drives and come with us is that we want it to kind of portray real sex. There's so much um, porn on the internet that 
is just not representative of the sex people have. And with, you know, 70% of kids under like 14 accessing porn, we would like to give them some sort of realness to it. So we do base it on a lot of real life things, um, but of course some fantasy in there as well. Um, And we're also hoping to do some uh, collaborations in the future to bring very specific um, sex stories to to your headphones, I guess. It's funny, you mentioned that uh, it's it's geared for women, but we listened, I think it was a story, the uh, foursome at the beach. Mm. Um, and I, I, we both enjoyed it. I, I found it in a, a very arousing erotic story. Yeah, I think by saying just for women, it gives it a little bit of a, a softer approach, I suppose. I guess most porn is sort of made for the, the male gaze and um, doesn't really have, I mean, sort of respectful boundaries. So I think by putting just four women, you you get the the male that's looking for something a little bit more realistic as well. And um, it almost tells you from the start that it isn't going to be something a bit um, less disrespectful, I guess, is what we tried to go with. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would definitely agree with that, that a lot of the mainstream porn that's out there is definitely geared for men. Um, as someone who, you know, likes all things to do with sex. I do have a hard time finding things that um, Kyle and I can watch together that, Mm. you know, we both enjoy because we're both of that mind where we're not going to watch something that is harmful to women or that is abusive or anything like that. So it is, it, we do have a hard time, but I'm just going to be blunt and throw out Mm -hmm. stupid. Yeah, <laughs> um, because there's so much of it, and it kind of goes in line. Something you were saying earlier uh, made me think about this. So much is unrealistic. It's like how many people yes. actually try that position and and would enjoy it. Um, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's kind of pathetic and ridiculous. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. You're good. Yeah, but, no, it's outlandish sometimes. Yeah. So we, I mean, and we, we have a very sex positive approach to everything that we do to our lives. And so it is difficult. Um, we do like visual porn, um, mm-hmm. but it's very difficult finding something that we actually enjoy. Um, a funny thing, and we've said this before, in many ways, we actually, we enjoy some of the porn parodies because there's actually plot and story and yes. Um, yeah, substance to it. Yeah, some of the older stuff, some things from like the 70s. And, oh, really? You know, some more of the yeah. funnier, like, you know, the whimsy about sex yes. that it doesn't have to just be this um, serious, almost act. overpowering act. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you said that you get a lot of your stories from real life. Um, what what does that look like as far as writing them down and like pulling from friends and things? Do you let them know that you're curating stories? Um, yeah, I definitely, a lot of the time we actually really enjoy writing our stories. We always kind of joke that writing and coming up with their stories is kind of like foreplay for us mm-hmm. <laughs> as well, because, yeah. you know, we, you can be in a room and we'll be there typing and we'll both kind of look at each other and be like, oh, we're, we're kind of turned on now. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it's a good turn- barometer though, isn't it? When we know stories going well, when we're being aroused just writing it. It truly is. <laughs> um, I would definitely say, uh, 
we do pull from experiences of conversations with friends. If we were ever to write something that is very, you know, kind of identifiable or very strictly follows exactly what they told us, I would a hundred percent ask them. That's all about being ethical, right. And have their consent. But um, if you're talking about people and people just have a random, you know, fantasy or idea, I think that that's open because you're not pulling on personal experiences or telling someone's story. You shouldn't be um, because we are very cautious, um, about keeping everything ethical. So it's not harming anyone down the line or whilst making it. Yeah, I most of my, especially the short stories are based on our experiences, mm-hmm. but so loosely based. I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, it's embellished. I, yes. Embellished. Um, Added, yes, embellished is a perfect word for it. And it's funny how many fans ask, did you guys really do that? Did that, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, if it, if it feeds your fantasy, then sure. sure. <laughs> um, but uh, there's, a bit, there's a bit of fun in trying to find the ones that are real, right? Like, you know, you tell us what you think are actually real and what are slightly twisted. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and, and people would be surprised to know which ones are real and which ones aren't, you know, the ones they think that, are real probably aren't you know yeah yeah, yeah. interesting uh, yeah but but it's fun like, go ahead i think that's the key with like like porn though isn't it it's just like a visual fantasy when you're seeing it this is just an audio fantasy so what we hopefully try and do is by building a good plot having good characters where you see them develop is that in your head you become relatable to them so for example the beach we've been to many beaches you guys have been to probably many as well but you probably think about a beach that you've been to where that scenario falls into. Mm-hmm. So I, that's the benefit of having some sort of audio that allows your own mind to wander and you relate to it in your personal experience. So regardless if they're real or not, um, at some way you're going to relate and, and think about something differently than we will. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly true. And it's so funny that particular story did ring to us because we've been to a lot of nude beaches and oh, yeah, yeah, I mean we're naturist nudists first, mm-hmm. you know, above everything else. And so um we really we and we're people watchers. <laughs> so I'm just trying to make believe and make up stories about other people who are there too. The the story about the resort and the story um Aaron's erotic adventures and things that Kyle has written mm-hmm. um, kind of all play around nudist resorts because we spend a lot of time in time there. Yeah. Um, so we, we like to fantasize about the people there and <laughs> you know, what, what's actually happening and, um, and just make up those kinds of stories. We think people will kind of voyeuristically Enjoy. want to read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's funny with the, with the cove, I actually, we were in a cove and we actually did see a couple there. And at the time I told James, I'm like, oh, this would be really great if this happened. And so we just, <laughs> it didn't happen. So we decided to write a story on it. So it kind of happened, I guess. <laughs> you can fulfill fantasies that way as well of yourselves happened while you're writing your, them. Happened in your mind. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to shift gears a little bit. We've kind of talked a, a bit about ethical porn and reading, reading your thing, it's it's fascinating to me because Lily and I did a podcast with a gentleman named Rick on the subject of art, erotica, and pornography. And um, so I'm curious, what is your definition of ethical porn? So for us, ethical porn is creating porn that doesn't cost anyone down the line. Mm -hmm. So we're ethical in two different ways. Basically, 
how we produce our porn. So that's again, not costing anyone down the line. You know, no one is not getting paid. No one is being exploited. Um, it's ethical in that way because it's just right now uh, myself and Jay, and you know, hopefully in the future when we bring on employees, everyone will be fairly paid as well. Mm. Um, but it's also the porn that we're creating and it's ethical because it shows mutual pleasure and respect between the characters, consent, positive sexual health, positive body image, um, and appropriate aftercare and kind of the giving and receiving of pleasure from all genders or anyone who falls on any spectrum. And we really do want to go into even more representative porn as well of people who aren't like us and their experiences. Um, so it's not that whole male gaze, everything is for men, men's pleasure. You know, in that sense, it's really empowering. Imagine, you know, you buy a young, you have a young woman who hasn't, doesn't really know a lot about sex. Um, and you give her the stuff to listen to and teach her uh, and give her a vibrator and she learns how to get herself off um, yeah. before she even has to be with a man. Like to us, that's really empowering. And that is kind of like an ideal situation that we would hope that comes from the porn as well. So that's what we mean by ethical and empowering, if that makes sense. It, do it does. Yeah. It's so hard talking about that um, in our society today mm -hmm. because no matter anything sexual is is taboo. taboo. So taboo, especially you guys are in the States, right? And I find it's yeah. even harder there. It's either very, you're in Los Angeles porn industry or you can't talk about sex. Yes. Right. And if yeah. you're in LA porn industry, I mean, you're talking about the, the yeah. hub of unethical. Oh, exploitative. I mean, yeah. Well, we've read so many stories about young porn star, you know, mm. girls who are just pulled off the street. And oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And drugs and, and, girls trying to make it in the business and yeah. it's just it yeah it's have not you watched a... the series hot girls wanted on netflix no no oh i would recommend that it really gets into that uh the porn industry and the other side of it but the first episode in the sex season also talks about um feminist porn so that's quite interesting so would recommend that oh okay and that seems to be a growing industry right mm. now a growing trend um i i did some research after we initially talked and We'd known about it. We've seen a lot of um, uh, porn, video porn made for, you know, allegedly made for women and that kind of stuff. But um, it does seem like it's a growing industry right now. Oh, definitely. I think, you know, women are such a large part of society and they're completely undervalued sexually in that way. Like people haven't been producing things for women, but, you know, it's such a easy cop out for our culture to think women are as sexual as men but women are just as sexual as men right um so there are a lot of great women doing stuff i would recommend checking out erica lust she does really good uh female ethical porn and also cindy gallup's startup make love not porn which depicts real life porn so i think it's becoming a lot more trendy and you're also seeing you know more things about sex toys in the media and such so i think this idea of female empowerment in the sex industry and porn is really finally starting to crack slightly the glass ceiling. Yeah, I was actually telling Kyle the other day about the sex toys being come becoming more mainstream. I I follow lots of people on Instagram. Instagram, yes. And, yes. and there's influencers and comedians and people. Everyone. Who, yeah, they're now like um, 
they're advertising these sex toys and things. And I, I showed him a post the other day and I was like, look, they're actually like normalizing, (laughs) you know, female pleasure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, she's a really popular Instagram person and like, she's just, she's talking about her vibrator. Like that's pretty cool. It's amazing. Yeah. So it is, it is nice to see. And that's what we try to do here with our podcast Mm -hmm. is, get that word out there too, and try to bring as many people on who are talking in a sex positive way to try to say, look, it's, it's okay. It's not a taboo subject. We can actually have these real conversations. And so, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Go. That's okay. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, one, a, a question that I had, um, is, so your your latest story that's up right now at Christmas effing Eve, you kind of touch a little bit on BDSM with that, mm-hmm. and it's a topic that Lily and I have talked about, and we've we've talked to authors who I, we are not experts on that at all, no. but we've talked to people in the lifestyle and who are authors, and I guess our perspective on it has changed so much. Um, mm-hmm. My question for you is. Uh, in that story, there's a male character who plays a dominant role. How how do you see that fitting into your to to your view of ethical porn? Mm-hmm. It's a it's an interesting one because uh, I guess normal porn you see dominance as being a bad thing, and it looks like a a male dom is, is uh, abusing and taking advantage. So. Like uh, Kay mentioned earlier, everything being respectful and consentful, I think is important. Like the dom and the sub role in sexual life is, you know, is out there. People uh, take one or the other uh, or switch. Mm-hmm. And I think if we depict it, at least in a point of everybody's willing, uh, that's the way we kind of stay ethical with it. Um, because as you're saying, you know, sex toys are becoming more, and more out there and people like them it's the same with you know ties chains whips anything so i guess we're trying to bring those stories a little bit more to life in our characters to allow people to explore the idea so we haven't introduced these type of things day one um it's come to like the third season now where we're trying to incorporate a few different different things and maybe get people to think differently but um it's certainly interesting on how do you uh how do you keep it ethical, but also respectful? I think it has to come down to consent. Hi, everyone. We will get right back to the interview in just a minute. People always ask us how much of our books are based in real life. Well, before I answer that, I wanted to tell you about a very exciting book Kyle and I wrote together called My Bound Valentine. In it, Kyle and I go on a wild adventure exploring a bondage fantasy with several friends. I think the story is incredibly hot and a fun read. Plus that's me on the front cover. And I also read the audiobook. Bonus! So what's the answer to the question? Well, we always tell people it's up to them to decide how much is real and how much is embellished. My Bound Valentine is available on Amazon, free with Kindle Unlimited, and you can pick up the Audible version. And I think in that story itself, there's almost a willingness by the, the sub in it, um, Eve, that is wanting it. So I guess that's how we got around that issue. I think also just to quickly comment, I think you're completely right. Like it's more than a willingness. She basically asks him for this because she's always wanted something um, Mm -hmm. BDSM. And um, also if, if you listen to the story, the male character doesn't come in it, but she does. 
So this idea of, you know, you can have sex without a, a guy coming, he doesn't have to come and a woman can just come, which is so outlandish to a lot of people, I think, and normalizing that and saying, you know what, he enjoyed the process of it. He didn't come, but that doesn't mean it was bad. And she did come and the focus was on her and her being able to get that pleasure as well. Yeah, there definitely is that idea of, and the the term blue balls and all of that, that men, you know, have this idea that if they don't come, there's some crazy repercussion that oh. medically is going to, you know, <laughs> yeah, destroy their lives. <laughs> right. Yeah. Affect them for the rest of their lives. Well, I, I want to go back to the, that story. I didn't mean that as a trick question at all, because no, not at all. one of the things that we've discovered talking with pe- practitioners is it is all about the communication and mm. the safety and respect of both parties involved. And I think that's something Lily and I didn't know. And I, I love the fact that you're expressing that in your audio porn. Mm, thank you. Yeah, I think it's it's so important for people to just, you know, kind of feel comfortable listening to something at the beginning with it. So it's not, you know, super mm-hmm. um, intense right away. Yeah, we just actually yesterday um, had a, another interview with a, a second interview with a BDSM author and practitioner, and mm. she's so fascinating. So we brought her on again because I just like I just like <laughs> hearing about what what her world looks like, and um, her books are really great too because she does have those strong female characters, and her one book has a female dom in it, and so mm. um, she explores that whole world and just again, getting into those, um, breaking the norms and breaking the idea that uh, it's a men, men-centric men world. Right. And that there should be shame associated with it. I think mm-hmm. it's so important to detach that idea of shame and something that you want and your partner also wants is it can be, it's completely shameless as long as you're both consenting. Yeah. Our big thing is communication. Mm-hmm. We, we talk mm-hmm. about every, and we encourage others to do that. Um, I, I shifting gears again. Um, we were talking before we went on the recording about um, anonymity. Um, can you tell us? We're we're referring to you as K and J. Where where are your concerns with that? Because we've talked about it a lot about ourselves mm-hmm. on our podcast, and we also have Twitter. And whenever we do live shows or anything like that on Twitter, we're wearing masks and yeah. we. Our, our true identities hidden for careers. Because we're, we're superheroes. We are. Yeah. <laughs> we actually That's have superheroes. A, like, we're, we work at newspapers. My real name is Lois. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's what we do. So um, we, we've talked about this with a lot of our guests that there is this uh, feeling of, of needing to stay anonymous because of family, how, friends. Well, yeah, and how people react to mm-hmm. sex mm. and subjects of sex. And anytime you are in any sort of industry, like Kyle writes erotic porn or erotic stories, and he um, uh, has to like keep that side because if we told mm-hmm. anyone, what would they say about it? Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you've got. Um, if you, if you want to really live by your values and, you know, um, normalizing this kind of thing, then it should be out there in the open, but the practicalities of life often doesn't um, afford you those those scenarios as well, does it? So um, definitely for us as uh, sort of new starters, we thought we'll, we'll keep it anonymous and we'll, 
you know, we'll work off these these K and these J titles. But as with the more we've done it, we realized, well, sometimes the worst thing is to see someone that you listen to. Like I know when I've seen people that I listen to on the radio, it kills it for me because it's not how I expect them. Ah. So if, we, if, we want, if we want to send people down this imagination um, and this journey, then should we really offer ourselves out there anyway and show what we look like? And, you know, a lot of people are going to think K or J looks different and I don't want to spoil that for people. Um, and, you know, let them identify to the characters they create in the head um, is where I sit out with it at the minute. We've we've joked about that ourselves. Um, I look much better in a mask. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think no, that's a really fab. I, I really love the way you described that, Jay. Mm-hmm. I think also it's it's hard once you're in you know the sex industry or porn industry. There is a stigma attached to you if you ever want to get out of it and do something else as well, um, which is obviously an issue with you know porn stars and other people in the industry who are even more involved than say all of us are. So you know. Maybe one day when we have a huge company and we're employing a bunch of people, we'll be able to say, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll come out with what we're doing. But, um, you know, it'd be really nice if one day we could all just openly, you know, talk about sex in the pub with our friends, learn from each other, you know, only better each other with these open conversations. I think that would be like the ideal goal. And, you know, sometimes I think when you open the subject and you actually do say something, and other people open up and go, oh, yeah, I mm-hmm. read that book or I know that thing or I have that toy or, you know, you if you do actually say those things, it is often surprising when people will open up and say things. It's just so scary to say yeah. something first because you don't want to be the one that everybody looks at and goes, oh, my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> did you really just say that? Definitely, definitely. Well, and you joked, especially here in the States, there are, I mean, we're, we're in, it doesn't matter where you're at. It's very conservative. And Mm -hmm. we have said this so many times, it's probably become a catch thing for us that it's so frustrating that people who have, who are open about being sexually adventurous Mm -hmm. are considered, you know, terrible. Whereas somebody who has an affair and hides it, and then it comes out, they're almost given hero status. Mm, the morality of it is so mixed up. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no logic behind no. it at all. Well, and, and someone can be uh, walk into work and, and talk about how they had an affair and they are so apologetic for it. And people are like, oh, we get it. We totally get it. We understand. But you have somebody walk into work who goes, you know, I'm a swinger and my husband and I enjoy having other sex partners. And people would look at you like you had three heads and had some sort of disease. (laughs) Very much so. Or they look at you and think, well, they're just doing that so they don't cheat on each other, which I also think is such perverse logic. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Like if if you know it's 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 really hard to break those normative standards and rules. Like I definitely think there is a challenge there. And I also think like it's hard because I will talk about it to a degree in my normal life. Like um Jay and I are in kind of an open relationship as well. Um, just in order to normalize it for people to know that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um so it, but it's just striking that balance of who you feel like you can share that with and who you can't. Yes. Well, and, and I, I've had the conversation about cheating so many times. People ask, you know, how, how can you be swingers and, and say you're not cheating? Oh, and I just keep coming back to, <laughs> you know, yeah. look up the definition of cheating, first mm-hmm. of all. 
Um, you know, if you're open and, and you have a conversation about it and you don't hide things, how can you be cheating? Yeah. If your intent is to hurt someone, then you're doing it wrong. Right. So, but if your intent is to make someone else feel pleasure and we're in it together and you're communicating Mm -hmm. and the togetherness, togetherness. togetherness. (laughs) yeah, Mm -hmm. that's the, that's the word they always miss is that we are doing things together. So not in spite of each other or to each other. Right. Exactly. Um, so tell us more about what you guys have going on. What, um, what do you have in the works other than, uh, your website, the come with us website, and we'll put all this listeners on the description so you can have any links to everything, but, um, K and J tell us all the other things that are, that are coming up for you and where Mm -hmm. can listeners find you? Jay? <laughs> Sorry. Um, delayed. Yeah, so, um, delayed on my headphones. We're, we're working on a few um a few different bits in a minute. Um I think Kay alluded to it. We've got something in the line which will um help you bring some other people's real life stories to life. Um and you know that that'll be exciting. We won't, we won't say too much on that just yet until we, we get it all together. Um and then we're we're looking at just sort of expanding our story range and redeveloping really our characters and hopefully um getting a lot of like truth out there of, of people's experience and making sure it's documented pr- rightly and that's the way we're, we're growing at the minute mm-hmm. and our next season is a bit different um than our seasons previously we're actually doing a series of quickies we call them yeah. so uh, they're just more condensed stories a little bit less um narration at the beginning which i know some people enjoy but maybe sometimes you just want to have a quick one and just listen to get into this uh get into the dirty stuff right away yeah. so we're trying that out to see how people respond to that um and we also have another um different kind of story i don't i can't say it because i don't want to give it away because it's quite a unique idea um but um a more interactive stories um, and seasons will also be coming. Um, so we have a lot of different things coming out and we're really excited for 2021 to just go get really creative on it and bring people lots of dynamic content. That's really exciting. Do you guys always do the audio yourselves or is it just the two of you? Just the two of us. Yes. Right now, right now. (laughs) It's, it's, yeah. I mean, we, we do the same thing. I, I do the writing and Lily does the, um, narration for the books yeah all the audiobooks are me and it's so funny. yeah you have a great voice for it <laughs> something you'd said earlier about knowing when you wrote something good I always know when when one of my books is good when Lily comes out of recording and yeah yeah <laughs> I come away from the studio and I'm like all right so I pick up close yeah I didn't finish the chapter <laughs> yeah, gets too hot to handle I told we totally get it we totally get it we've definitely had some fun sessions after writing and recording (laughs) and and that's that's amazing like that's the creativity and that's the bond and that's the that's the amazing part of sharing that sexual experience and doing other things sexually than just having sex like having the just Mm, sex encompasses so many things that's a really excellent point actually because people mm-hmm. think sex penetrative sex end of story but it's so much bigger yeah it's amazing and- how much that leads to like a clear communication channels between the two of us and like communication is probably 90% of people's problem in any yes. friendship or that relationship so it's amazing the benefits of I'd say be sexually really liberated and 
playing with other people and yourselves and, and whatnot and is how clear and honest your communication is throughout all of life um which i think is even a bigger mental benefit than a sexual one <laughs> Absolutely. We had a conversation on another podcast that we just recorded that um, we talked about this idea of um, sex being transcendental almost like mm-hmm. sex mm-hmm. being this thing where it's there's so much more to it and that you grow so much more as uh, people and partners yes. and how sad it is that, you know, so many people refuse to talk about it and refuse to well, like, treat it as only a physical act. Yeah. And, and it can be some, you know, I hate to use the word spiritual, but it, it, it can be, it's so much more than just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. A hundred percent. It's as yeah. Jay said, it's that communication enhances you as a person to communicate in any part of your life, to say what you want, mm-hmm. what you're okay with, what you're not okay with. And it's really sad that some people live in these boxes thinking it's just physical and there's so many benefits when you see past that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you guys. Um, I am so glad we finally were able to connect uh, with all the craziness going on in the world right now. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, definitely. It's honestly been lovely chatting to both of you. Such um, so nice to speak to minds that are so similar to ours. We would love to do this again sometime soon. So um, we'll definitely stay in touch about uh, about trying to schedule a part two. Yeah. Wow. And listeners, um, you can get to the website. So it's comewithus.co.uk. Um, come with us is obviously the not C-O-M-E, C-U-M, come with us. So listeners, go check that out. And we highly recommend it if you want a different experience with your partner and if you want to have that that experience of a story and story coming to life, for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So thank you again. Thank you so much. You can great. Thank you. Are you enjoying the podcast so far? To help us continue bringing you quality and interesting interviews, please consider supporting us. To learn more about Kyle and his work, follow him on Twitter, at Kyle Cannon Author, or on Instagram, at Kyle Cannon Fiction, or Facebook, Kyle Cannon. Now back to Speak Seductively. Speak Seductively. Speak Seductively.